speaking of Grammys, I saw you were nominated 2016. That has to be just absolutely amazing. Yeah, it okay. felt pretty good. Yeah, dude, are you kidding me? That's that's awesome. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I I I had written a song trying to get it in a movie, um, and it didn't get in the movie. But so I just recorded it myself, and then uh, a couple years later, Leanne Womack, uh, another Texas uh, songwriter residing in Nashville, and singer, one of the great singers in the world. Absolutely. Uh, uh, recorded it and, and got a, a, a Grammy nomination. Um, sorry. <laughs> I, hey, we keep uh, the mistakes in the podcast too, by the way, just FYI. That's why I yeah. love what you do because we do the same thing. Like, <laughs> Welcome to the Lone Star Play podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Join me and a famous guest every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We discuss their career, life, food, Texas, and everything in between. Let's get started. All right, guys, welcome to another great episode of the Lone Star Play podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. All right, let's get to it. First of all, thank you so much for the break. We needed it. We're back. So, uh, we took Wednesday and Friday off in case some of y'all didn't know there weren't new episodes, but I did put out that little teaser on Wednesday. So anyway, all right. So we're back, as I promised, with a great episode with Hayes Carl. Okay. He's a Grammy-nominated songwriter um, and a singer. Amazing music. Been around, you know, this guy's a legend, right? So work with so many great people. He's just amazing. Um, he's up in Nashville. We got him on Zoom, as we always do, uh, but he's a Texan, right? Um, so, as we always do, we had a great conversation, and we talked about him making a new album while he's stuck at home in the pandemic, so this pandemic album of sort, right? And what the difference is between that and recording in the studio, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, and he's just a funny guy. You know, we had a lot of laughs, um, and we just talked about, you know, right, what, what's happening right now in the music industry and um, in his career and, and some of the things that, you know, have led to led him to where he's at. Um, we talked about his Grammy nomination, and that's a really funny story, actually, um, about him, uh, you know, his invitation to the Grammys and, and, and everything. Um, it, it's a great story. So, yeah, uh, stick around for that. Uh, and also, boom. Get this shirt. Uh, if you're listening, well, go, just go to his website and you can get this shirt he has. Um, it's for a great cause, great charity. So he'll tell you more about it in the podcast. Listen to it and then go online and get the shirt. And I'm and if you're watching on YouTube, obviously you can see me showing it to you. So here's the shirt. Bam, alone together. Hayes Carl, love this shirt. It's awesome. Uh, so make sure you go and get one. Um, and what else? That's it, I think, right? Let's just get to the episode, right? Uh, but before we do that, Remember, check us out on social media. Please leave us a review. If you're on Apple Podcasting, listen to us, leave us a review. That would be awesome. Uh, we've been getting some great feedback um, about the show and just really enjoy it. So keep it coming. Keep telling us. Um, although there was one funny comment, I'll tell you, um, which I loved, which was someone saying that I blabbed too much on the Max Lucado uh, episode, uh, which I thought was hilarious, um, which, look, I have been guilty of that, Okay. Um, so they weren't wrong, uh, as I'm doing now, just blabbing away. So, all right. So my apologies to you for blabbing and I'll stop. Um, and if you need more information about us and the website, make sure to go to the lonestarplate.com. All right. Um, so let's get to it. Let's get to the episode. As I promised, Hayes, Carl, enjoy. <laughs> Well, good. Well, Hayes, uh, you know, I really appreciate you coming on, man. I'm really excited to talk to you. I've been listening to your music, man. It's just unbelievable. Holy smokes. Just when I think I can't be surprised by more music because, you know, we, we get actually a lot of musicians on the show here. It's just, my God, it's, I'm so lucky to get to talk to, to people like you, man, who make just such amazing music. I just listened to times like these. Um, I mean, I listen to a lot of the songs, but that one in particular, whew, that is a beauty. Thanks, Patrick. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, well, that this is, is the room that I'm in right now. I'm going to segue for you just to promote my own stuff here. But this, I, I just made a record. I, I, I recorded that song 
I re-recorded that song, so I'm, I, I presume it's the one you're talking about is the version. I heard the re-record. I, I heard yeah. the re-record. Yep. So when the pandemic hit, um, I decided to to try and uh, turn it into something. So I I called another one of my neighbors, Will Kimbrough, and uh, asked him, you know, how do you record yourself at home? And he gave me the the simple version. And uh, so I set up here in this in this very room and made a record. And then sent it over to Daryl, and he he did did the rest. So most everything on that record, with the exception of one or two, is uh, was done here in, in this room, which is fun for me and learn a new skill and and uh, make some music during this weird time. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Did you? I'm sure the experience much different, right, from a studio. So what 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 pros and cons would you say? Top three maybe of each, like of recording at home in that room. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the the cons are that I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's and and it was um, so you know. There's definitely times where I I would have you know given my my foot for an engineer who who could like talk simplify the process and help me kind of get a, a certain sound. Um, but that was really about it. The the way and there's something about in a typical recording situation, the energy in the room of the players that you're with. Um, but for this record, the, there were a lot of pros that I think outweighed it. Um, I, 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 and I just kind of treated it like, uh, like I was well, what it was. It was just me late at night after everybody had gone to bed, uh, just playing around mostly with songs that I had done in the past. Uh, I've, been, I've been gigging for t- almost 20 years now. And some of these songs I had played inside and out a thousand different times, and and they take on a new meaning and a new life, and and um, uh, it was it was able to sort of for me capture that in the purest sense uh, of what I do, which is I sit around with a guitar and try and figure out what moves me, and uh, there wasn't the pressure of the clock and you're paying people and and you got to get that take and all that stuff it was just i could do it as as long or as short as i wanted until i got the sound i i, I was going for and um and there was uh, so i just think it has a very intimate feel on the record yeah. it may not have the bells and whistles i'm not going to win any recording grammys um for you know technical stuff but uh but i i liked the end result it felt very comfortable and and um, and then I was able to pass it to well, and and at my dog like hang out hung, hung out with me one night, and she shows <laughs> up on the track because she decides to shake her collar and rattle her tags, and it just is what it is. Uh, so in the middle of a guitar solo, there's oh that's a dog, um, which is not on a typical record, but I, I embrace that and I that love that. And I took that stuff and sent it to Daryl Scott, and he put all his magic on it. My wife lives here with me most of the time when I'm not. <laughs> trouble um and uh, so she came out and sang with me and and i'm i'm this is a back house we call it the dog house because it's where i'm i'm you know relegated to. <laughs> and uh so she came out and sang with me and then uh i got ray wiley hubbard to to fly in his vocal parts on a track oh wow yeah so he was down in wimberley in austin yeah and um uh uh, we had a song that we wrote together called Drunken Poets Dream and, and and we had both recorded it on our records and so we finally got to do it together. Um, so things like that were just really cool, uh, just using new muscles, learning some things, but the overall result, I just was really happy with. It just felt very relaxed and intimate and, and was able to put a new take on these songs. Yeah, absolutely. Do Do you think that you know, I know you said before, like, you know, you, you could let yourself go on each take, right? Well, I get this, I, nah, nah, let, let's roll it again, right? There's no time pressure. But I have heard musicians state before that sometimes that pressure in the studio can be a benefit too. sometimes. So do you feel like maybe, but again, it takes away from the intimacy too. So I don't know. Yeah, I think there's there's absolutely some some benefit in in almost all areas of a creative process, or probably in life in general, uh, to to having limitations and to having uh, you know boundaries that that keep you going a certain way. And in the studio, uh, that can be budget and time. You know, unless you're Fleetwood Mac in the '70s or something, <laughs> you, you, you got to get in and get out. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
because we weren't able to get together, um, you know, the part of what makes that uh, uh, run smoothly is if you can do a pre-production so that uh, you know what you're doing and you have a plan when you go in. But Daryl and I weren't able to get together. Um, and, uh, and also I just, you know, part of this was the, was the relaxed nature of it and, and the, the mistakes and the, the just being able to play it until it, until it felt right and, and not being rushed. And, you know, it was, it didn't matter if I came out Monday night or Friday night or two weeks later, I had time on my hands, you know, we were were all off the road and we (laughs) were sitting here. And so, uh, I, I don't know. I think that was one of the things that, that, um, uh, helped me make it a, a more interesting record. And there's times where those limitations can, uh, that people have can, you know, force you to make decisions and, and really hone in and dial it in. And that can be a benefit. But for this, um, I didn't need that. I, I knew what I wanted to do. Basically, like I said, I've been playing these songs for a long time. And, and I, I think I knew how I wanted to approach them. Um, and it was just fun to be able to sit back here and, and try it out, try out different approaches. And, and, and when I landed on the one that I liked, uh, you know, kept it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I can totally understand that. I mean, if I were to ever make a record, I I wouldn't, but if that were to ever have, that's how I would want to do something very, it sounds to me like I'm a, I'm a a chef. I don't have a a place anymore. I I closed it last year, but you know, that's still something that's in me, right? It's never going to go away. It sounds like just cooking without a recipe. And I love cooking like that just by feel and right. Just going with it. And I'm just, that's actually my favorite way to cook. Uh, so it sounds, it sounds a lot like that. And that sounds organic, right? And the, the mistakes are just genuine. It adds a lot of, I, I just love that about music when it's genuine and you can, there's a sincerity to it, right? A humility to it. It's endearing that I'll gravitate to that more than bells and whistles in a lot of ways yeah that, that that makes total sense it's the the mistakes are honest and they're just part of the part of the deal and and you're not there's not something to live up to it's it's more of an exploration um and and with me it was, it was just me and my guitar so there weren't those bells and whistles you know whatever there is was added later and yeah. it was just you know to to follow your analogy it's it's uh, you know, it's just me throwing ingredients together that I thought sounded good or I knew I'd tried before. And uh, yeah, love that. that turned out. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, okay. So now you've got this record, right? So is how, how is live shows? What's the deal with that right now with yourself? Like how, how everybody's got a different sort of story uh, to be honest with you. Everyone I talk to is a little bit different. So are you, you have stuff planned? Are you trying to get out and play these shows? Man, I um, I was in the middle of a tour. I, I started the year uh, playing almost entirely solo, and I had my tour was called Alone Together with Hayes Carl, the Alone Together <laughs> tour. I love that. That's awesome. And uh, and I was out in Seattle. I just started the third leg of it with a guy named Anders Osborne, uh, lives down in New Orleans, and we played one show, and then we just had to, we had to call it, and I flew home. Uh, because of the the pandemic and got home and you know obviously had no idea how long it was going to go and uh everything just peeled off all all the shows disappeared um and so i started uh doing live streams um every tuesday i have a i have a live stream called uh alone together tuesdays and of course the name of my record we were just talking about is called the alone together sessions so you sense a theme here 2020 that year um and that has been just sort of for me the main thing uh it's been invaluable for being able to uh i mean i've been touring for almost 20 years it's it's how i make 90 percent of my income and all of a sudden it disappeared and uh so being able to connect with the audience still and do something creatively uh, was huge for me. And and so every night I, I, I do this Tuesday show, every week I do this Tuesday show, and that's sort of replaced touring for me. Um, uh, I can connect with the fans and hopefully make some new ones and feel a little less alone. It sounds hokey, but it's, I mean, every week I say, um, 
I, I let people know how much it means to me because, uh, you know, we took this serious for a while. We didn't leave the house. Um, and so to be able to have some kind of engagement, even if it's just reading comments or just looking at the number and saying, okay, I know this many people are out there watching, that makes me feel less alone. And uh, so that, that's that been the main thing and that's been a, a blessing and, and a lot of fun. Um, I did actually have a show uh, two weeks ago here in Nashville at the City Winery, I had two shows actually. Um, and they've, they've got it worked out where they have a pretty socially distanced, safe space yeah, and uh, with a reduced crowd. So I went in and played for them and uh, it was weird. Um, oh, really? It was weird? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was great. I was grateful for it. Sure. Um, but I hadn't played a show in almost five months. And wow. so to, like to have, you know, a microphone that works and you could hear, I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm doing every Tuesday is just sitting yeah. in front of my computer. Um, and so like I finished a song and I, I joke about it like uh, uh, for the first four years of my career and the last uh, five months, nobody clapped when I finished the song. Um, <laughs> and in between, I had a pretty good like 15 year run where people would generally clap when I finished performing. Uh, but you know, the last five months, uh, first first four years is because there was nobody in the audience and for the, uh, or they weren't paying attention. And the last five months, because there hasn't been an, an audience in front of me. And uh, so to, play, to finish the song and have, you know, people clapping and to see live bodies out there after staring at a screen for five months. It was, it was a bit of a trip. Um, so it felt really cool and wonderful in, in a lot of ways, but it also was surreal and strange. Um, yeah. So anyway, because everyone's I, I, wearing I, masks, I, I, right? Like four more shows on the books. Uh, yeah. I think all on Texas. Um, and, uh, Oh, great. Hopefully they hold up. Yeah. In October. Um, nice. And, uh, yeah, I had a whole bunch, you know, I've probably had 70 gigs that have canceled. Oh, it's my gosh. Heartbreaking. I mean, not so much for me, but the venues I really worry about. Um, sure. Uh, and, you know, all the people that make their livelihoods out of working at those venues. But I, I'm really scared about the future of of music venues and bars and restaurants uh, in general. Um, I mean, but the, the venues are going to be the last thing to come back. You know, at least some of the restaurants can serve some food outside. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of music venues that don't have an option. There's just no way to make money other than selling t-shirts and, yeah. and a year, a year and a half is a long time to go without being able to have any income and pay rent. So, um, uh, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what concerns me the most. It is. I mean, a hundred percent. We talk about a lot on the podcast. It's just, it's, I'm from the, I'm from the restaurant industry. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's brutal, brutal. Um, you know, is is the five months or you know six months? It's almost been, I guess, coming up on. Is that the longest you've been and not played in? Year, I mean, years, right? I mean, it has yeah. to be, right? It has to it's be like my, my adult life. Yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't gone. I hadn't gone until about two years ago. I hadn't gone two weeks without playing a show. Oh wow! Oh my god! And a few years before that, I hadn't gone a week without. I mean, I used to do almost three hundred shows a year. Oh uh, my god! Uh, Holy uh, cow! Yeah, it was year round. I mean, you know, you hear about some people do like a touring cycle. Yeah. Uh, of, you know, they put out a record and then they go tour for six months and then they go home for a year or whatever. I never yeah. did that. I mean, it was the, the touring was how I paid the rent every month and, and I couldn't, and I never was far enough ahead to where I could just sit it out for a couple months. So sure. it's always been a part of, you know, how I paid the bills and, and I've slowed down the last couple of years, but but for a while, I mean, I was certainly averaging 200 plus dates a year and then you throw in another 40 travel days or whatever. Um, so, yeah, this is by far uh, probably by times 30, the longest stretch I've ever I've ever had off. And um, um, so, again, it's 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 there's some downsides to it, but it's also been nice to be able to have a life at home. You know, that was one of the, that was one of the problems with what I did. Uh, yeah, which I loved what I did, but. Um, you know, I, I couldn't have a dog. I couldn't have a garden. Uh, I didn't have a lot of friends or, or the ability to like, uh, cultivate those friendships and relationships in the place where I lived, whether it was Austin when I was there or Nashville. Um, and, uh, and now I'm home and, and able to connect with my wife and, uh, 
you know, learn some new skills and, and not just be checking out of a hotel room day after day. Absolutely, man. It's got to be absolutely. It's got to be so tough. I mean, right. The dream is when you were young, right? Oh, I can't wait to go on tour. I can't wait to be out playing. And then it becomes, oh, shit, this is a lot. Uh, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I was I was all I ever wanted to do, so it felt sure. strange at a certain point to go. I'm not sure this is <laughs> doing it for me anymore. You know, yeah. I still enjoyed playing, but the the rest of it was, um, you know, as I got into my 40s and 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 you know, you have a family and and uh, all of a sudden it's like, why am I missing a birthday to be in Omaha on a Tuesday night to play for a hundred people? Like, it's, it starts to make less sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I totally get it, man. You're, you're literally talking about every chef's like life right there. Like that, that's why I got out of the industry last year. You know, I closed my business last South by that was it. My last event was South by and it's same thing. It was just seven days. A, for me, it was seven days a week, constantly running a business with, you know, yeah. different facets and revenue streams and just constant work and, you know, yeah. Missing birthdays, you know, I've had friends that missed literally the birth of their children because they had to do service on a Friday night at the restaurant. It's like, what? Right. I mean, it's crazy. It's like, I just, I just couldn't take anymore after close to 15 years. It was like same thing. It's, it's just brutal. It, it becomes brutal, you know? Yeah. It's, it's Look, uh, tell me about your restaurant. I'm, I'm, your listeners probably know all about it, but I, I, it was called Boca. Uh, it was a, a food truck specifically. We, we, I moved here in 2014 to Austin to open up a food truck. It was called Boca. And mm -hmm. uh, I then, you know, sort of expanded past that. There was different iterations. I did have a, a, a brick and mortar kitchen inside of a bar. So there was already a bar in place and they had a Which kitchen. Bar? They didn't, a uh, parlor and yard. It's on West 6th. Yeah. I was there for, I don't know, I was there for like six months doing that in the meantime, but mainly I was on Rainy Street for a long time at a container bar, and that just did catering like crazy. I would cater mm -hmm. all kinds of events for, South By was a really big deal for me. I would work with Showtime every year and do their, help them with their big house that they had on Rainy at uh, the Clive Bar. Uh -huh. So yeah, I actually used to do the Grammy party here in Austin. I used to cater the Grammy party every every December. And, and Christmas oh, yeah. here, and here in Austin, yeah, mm -hmm. for all the nominees um, from Texas and the Latin Grammy nominees as well, they throw this big party. Um, gosh, where's it at? At the over there where they do the iHeart Radio. I don't know if you know where that is off of South Congress. I don't oh, know. South Congress. Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know. The, the Gibson Showroom. That specifically oh, yeah, yeah. was where they would have the party. Yeah, the Gibson Showroom. So, yeah, that was great. There'd be a lot of musicians come in and you know play all these great songs and see all these great people and uh, that that was a lot of that was actually you know a lot of fun. Speaking of Grammys, I saw you were nominated 2016. That has to be just absolutely amazing. Yeah, it okay. felt pretty good. Yeah, dude. Are you kidding me? That's that's awesome. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I I I had written a song trying to get it in a movie, um, and it didn't get in the movie. But so I just recorded it myself, and then uh, a couple years later, Leanne Womack, uh, another Texas uh, songwriter residing in Nashville, and singer, one of the great singers in the world. Absolutely. Uh, uh, recorded it and, and got a, a, a Grammy nomination. Um, sorry. <laughs> I, hey, we keep uh, the mistakes in the podcast too, by the way, just FYI. That's why I yeah. love what you do because we do the same thing. Like, <laughs> ju look, just ask, just ask Radney. He'll tell you his dog. We had a dog, a dog in one part. And then my Roomba started in the middle of the podcast. I had to go and stop my Roomba. It was like, what the what is that's going on funny. here? Yeah, well, I, that's why I threw my hand up because <laughs> he's very likely to come in and just start cursing a blue streak. <laughs> Tried to give it the eye signal, like, don't. I love it. Whatever yeah, you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. not here. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, so the song was called Chances Are, right? Is that, am I getting that right? Yeah. Chances Are. Yeah, chances Are. Yeah, uh, that's, that's just amazing. Did you get to, you went to the, did you go to the actual... Uh, Grammys there and I didn't. In LA. I didn't. I thought about it. I got a suit and everything. I was. I had. Uh, I had. I, I was thinking about doing it. Uh, and then uh, it was the nomination was for best 
country song. Yeah, best country song. And yeah. I thought, I thought, I hadn't watched the Grammys in a long time, but I thought maybe that was would like qualify to be on the, the televised portion. And it it turned out it um, it's not like almost no country categories on the televised portion. Oh, really? Yeah, there's only like eight categories I think that they have on the actual. It's more about the show than giving out awards. They give out like 95% of the awards beforehand at this like, they, they live stream it now, but in the past they used to just announce it. Oh. Um, and uh, no, I didn't, I was living in New York at the time. And um, uh, yeah, I just decided I would just watch it from my computer. And if I won, I'd be happy there and a couple thousand dollars more in my pocket. Um, Doug, that's such uh, a boss move. That's a boss move. I'm sorry, but that's a boss move right there. Like I'm sitting in my PJs, watch on my laptop. I am nominated for a Grammy. That's right. awesome. <laughs> that's boss. That's way better than going, in my opinion, in some ways. Yeah, you'll go for another reason, uh, you know, in another time. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. Well, that's amazing. Did that help? Um, I'm sure that must have helped you get some additional work and right push forward some things. Yeah, I don't know, you know, how much work it adds, but what it does do, I found there's certain sort of cultural. Uh, uh, milestones are in a career that they can do some good as far as just the overall perception sure. uh, of you and your, and your work. And, um, and it's probably the same thing in like, you know, the restaurants or anything else. If you get, you know, a James Beard award, yeah. uh, that, that means something and people may never have heard of the restaurant, but all of a sudden you're on their radar yeah. in a way that you weren't before and and so that's similar you know like I'm, i remember um doing the tonight show and it didn't mean a lot as far as like record sales this was i don't know 10 years ago but um but what it did mean was that my mom's friends who had always you know sort of been amused that that her son was a a, a musician yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, all of a sudden we're like, oh, that's a thing. Like who's on TV? So it, it's it's more, I think, for the general public, things like Grammy nominations or TV appearances, they go a long way. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, they, they, in, in their eyes, they get legitimized, right? Like not for exactly. you. you. You know it's legitimate, but in their eyes, oh, OK, it's real. Yeah. But, you know, that's one of the things I always loved about Austin um was when i moved there i lived there twice once for a really short-lived period of time that was not great for me in, in 2000 um but then i uh when i was just trying to kind of get going with my career but i came back uh in 2006 or so uh and i had the beginnings of a career in place um but but nothing nothing major yeah and most anywhere else in you know the places i was living if i told people what i did i was a musician singer songwriter it, i got that look of you know like what else do you do <laughs> and, and in austin i could say i'm a singer songwriter a musician and that was enough yeah. you know that was such a it was such an important part of the culture of the community of the city and it was it was a respected profession um uh in a way that it's not in a lot of parts of the country and even the state and so that always made me feel like i don't i didn't have to be sheepish about it like i guess i'm a songwriter I, I i create music and lyrics and 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 this is what i do it's what i always dreamed of doing and i actually make a living at it and i don't need to apologize to you <laughs> so that's exactly just right be, a, be in a town where they're like hell yeah you are and that's and we love you for it as opposed to uh, you know, well, you know, you should go back to school just in case it doesn't work out. <laughs> right. That's so crazy. What, what, well, two questions, two parter here. One, uh, uh, well, you know, you, you, uh, Austin obviously loves you. You won some, you know, music awards in 2017. I saw it, which was awesome. Um, so as well as did you, how do you think about Austin now? Do you, do you think it's still the same, you know, because that was 2006. That's quite a bit ago. Do you feel like it still has that same energy and still that same respect? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, to, to be honest, I I moved 
three and a half years ago. Uh, oh, up, okay. Moved up to New York for a little while, and now I'm in Nashville. Um, and um, uh, but I still I'm still back a fair bit, uh, or yeah. I was until the pandemic. Um, uh, and my son uh, lives there. My, I got a teenage son, 17 year old, um, and uh, still got a lot of friends and 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 connections. And half my band still lives there. So I'm there, or was there a fair bit, um, and um, but I haven't been like immersed in it like I obviously was when I lived there. I lived there for um, almost 12 years. Um, so I, my my take on Austin was it was it was starting to get a little tight for me. Um, you know, obviously everybody's moving in, everything's getting built up. Um, yeah. It was hard to find some of the places that had made Austin what it was. Um, you know, all the things that people bitch about with cities that get popular. Um, I mean, I remember coming to Austin in 2000 and I'd meet people and they're like, oh, you should have been here in the 80s. And it's like, well, it's pretty great now. <laughs> and, and, you know, I met much, most people who live there now, if I said, well, you should have been here in 05, or, you know, they said, this is great. So it's all perspective and relative to, sure. to what you're used to. But for me, yeah. it just started to feel a little crowded and, uh, um, and the traffic was a, a pretty serious drag for me. I got to where I just didn't want to leave the house, uh, yeah. parts of the day. Um, yeah, but that uh, hasn't changed that, yeah. that, that hasn't changed. <laughs> I live right by 35. I mean, I'm off uh, South Congress and Ben White basically. Yeah. And 35 just right there. I mean, it's, it's, I can hear 35 actually from my backyard and it's a couple miles uh, away, which is annoying. Yeah. But I do but, think yeah. it's, I don't think there is a more supportive community, musical community in the world. Wow. Having said all the negative stuff up, uh, and Nashville is probably a close second. Um, yeah. I've been blown away by living here, what it's like. But as far as, um, uh, you know, the radio, uh, I mean, there's, there was, there's so many radio stations that, that are not just, you know clear channel type stuff they're they're in there playing uh you know what they want to play they're independent yeah. radio stations uh which is incredible and then um uh you, you whether it's your media or the clubs or the venues or i mean it's all the things that um and, and most importantly the the people that come out and and pay money to listen to live music or put some money in the tip jar or um you know that's just a part of what they do and part of the we're talking about the cultural side of it uh you know in some places you go ice fishing and in texas and in austin in particular you got dancing or listening to music and and um yeah. it's, it's a really big uh part of life there and that enables people at all levels to go out and and have a shot playing music which is a, a wonderful thing that's awesome yeah that's awesome no I, I love it i mean when i moved here i was like oh this is great that even i go to the grocery store there's the band playing right i was like this is this is great like i know i love it um you know the sad thing is you know we're talking about venues and you know that sort of thing man it has hit some live music venues here in austin for sure some you know i've just god it's been brutal um you know, seeing a lot of my musicians, friends here, just posting about all these different places that are closing, whether it be Thread Gills or One to One Bar or, you know, just some different bars. I can't name them all, but just mm -hmm. closing, just down. I mean, it's like the done for, right? And they've been open for decades, right? It's just absolutely brutal. Yeah. yeah I'm curious. And, and change happens, but, you know, it, it's, not like that, right? That's like, I, it's just it's scale. Um, and yeah, I think it's just getting started. I mean, like I said, some people could hold out for, four or five months, but uh, there's not really an end in sight for a lot of these, a lot of these venues. And, and uh, so I, I worry about them, which before I forget, I just related to that in restaurants. Um, there's a, a uh, an organization I've been working with called um, Feed the Frontlines. And um, I've got t-shirts for sale on my website and all the money goes to them. And what it does, it's really cool, it's, it's, it's two part, um, the money that you give them, uh, they give to restaurants or bars that have kitchens, music venues that have kitchens, restaurants. Um, and that al allows those places to keep their staff employed, even if, even if there's not, uh, or to keep their kitchen working. Uh, and then they take that food and they deliver it to 
first responders, um, you know, the, wow. the nurses and doctors in the COVID units, um, the people that really could use a nice meal and don't have the time, um, uh, and they give it to them. So it, it works on two fronts. It, it, it keeps people able or it allows some businesses to stay open by giving them that little bit extra to at least employ their, their kitchen staff. And then it takes that food and gives it to people that could really use it uh, that are out there putting their lives on the line for us uh, during this time. Uh, so it's, it's a win-win, uh, I think. And um, so if you go on my website, I just want to give that a plug. Uh, we've got men's and women's t-shirts. It's the t-shirt says alone together, uh, like all the other stuff I got going on right now. And 100% uh, uh, of uh, any of the profit on that goes towards, uh, goes directly to um, feed the frontline. That's awesome. Wow. I'm, you know, 100% behind that. Like absolutely guys, please, uh, definitely go check that out. Buy a shirt. I'm going to buy a shirt. I mean, that's done, done deal, dude. Um, right. I'm in, uh, that's, that's without question. Um, so wow, that's amazing, man. Yeah. I love hearing things like that. Um, that's great. It, it, that's a definitely you're supporting the business, the employees, and now the front line who they absolutely are the ones that need good meals, right? These yeah. people that are <laughs> working on the, on the front line, you're right. They don't have the time to stop and say, well, let me go get my, you know, 1500 calories I need for this meal, right? They're just, they don't even have, they're just scarfing down whatever they can probably in between or not eating, which is even worse. Um, yeah, I so, know that yeah. the height of the pandemic, the, the, the burnout rate on nurses and doctors was just insane. And, and, um, so I, I just think, I imagine that's really appreciated when you've been working that kind of shift or you're, uh, you know, work with the fire department or a cop out there trying to, yeah. um, you know, help people that, uh, to have a really good meal prepared for you and brought to you and, and given to you, uh, uh that just seems like a great use of that. A hundred percent, man. I mean, it's. It's literally direct help, right? And a lot of times when there's just so many nonprofits out there, sometimes you don't know where the funds are going when you give it. So it's good to know that it's just direct help uh, during this time. So no, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. Um, God, that is so cool. What what other what other sort of can people buy? People can buy all your CDs and stuff, right, on your website and everything, right? All your merch, all that sort of stuff, right? Everything's on there. Yeah, yeah, everything's up there. Uh, the new record will be out Friday, um, but you can pre-order it um, right now. Uh, we've got some really cool vinyl and then some CDs. The, the, the episode will come out when the record's already out by then. Oh. So so we're, we'll just say, right, it's available now. I yeah, mean, it's available this now. is the future. Yeah. This is the future. I should have asked about that. Yeah, so uh, the record is available now. Yeah. <laughs> Showbiz. Showbiz, baby. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so the record's yeah, on all there. All my stuff's available there. And uh, so we got t-shirts and records and, and widgets and gadgets and hats. <laughs> Whatever you need, I got you. I got <laughs> I love it, man. That is that is so cool. You know, speaking of time uh, travel, I don't know why it just came in my mind, but I just saw that new Bill and Ted movie, Face oh, the Music. Man. Oh, so good. I, I, you know, I love the Bill and Ted movies uh, growing up. I always thought they were, you know, just good fun, right? Nothing, not trying to win an Oscar or anything, but uh, it's a great movie, man. Honestly, it might be the best of all of them, to be frank with you. I just read a review of it and it said it was a real solid film. Uh, I had a hard time like envisioning how you take, you know, 50 year old Fiona <laughs> and uh, Alex. And uh, I can't remember their Winter Alex Winter Alex Winter yeah yeah uh, and 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 make a a movie it was such a goofy premise to begin with I was like how does that play twenty five years later thirty years later whatever it is but uh, but yeah apparently it's great I, I thought the same thing in fact I wasn't even looking forward to the movie coming out I remember I was like no guys don't because I was thinking like the new Dumb and Dumber that came out like many you know they just ruined a classic to my my opinion. And I was thinking the same. Oh no, guys, don't do this. I love the Bill and Ted movies. Like, don't, don't, you know, don't do that. But sure enough, and even the trailer didn't excite. I thought, oh no, this is gonna be a bomb. But you watch the movie, it's phenomenal, man. I was really blown away by it. There's just some characters that are not in the trailer that are in the movie that make the movie. That uh -huh. make, you know, they just. God, I just thought it was really clever. And uh, what's the, what's and the George Carlin part? Uh, his daughter. They have his daughter come oh. back, which is cool. And they give George Carlin a little cameo, like a hologram cameo sort of yeah. deal in there. 
which was cool. Interesting. Yeah, it was a. They did a good job of you know. I wonder what the pay rate was for a, a hologram. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? That that is funny. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? The George Carlin estate. I always thought it was funny that he was in that movie. Right? It's like George Carlin. Is, I uh, you know, I'm wondering because I read a lot about that movie being made and it was like they did not think it was going to be good. In fact, that everybody thought it was going to be this worst canned, you know, just not a good movie. It took a many. It actually took like a couple years to make it. It took like a year for them to release it. Blah, blah, blah. There's this whole cool backstory. So I can just imagine George Carlin making that movie. Just like, what am I doing? This has got to be not just knowing his personality. Uh, yeah. You know, but yeah, that's funny. Have you been watching movies and stuff, too? Or are you? Are you getting into any of that while you've been Man, on quarantine? Uh, not really, no. Uh, I mean, we brought the TV down from the attic, and uh, I feel like I watched a few things. Uh, uh, that whole Jordan documentary, and um, oh yeah. Um, but mostly, it's been like trying to avoid stuff. I was like, we're, we're we decided we're not going to watch the Lion or the Tiger King, and. Uh, <laughs> It just, you yeah. know, it, I, I just feel like not to be highbrow about it because I'm not. I, I mean, I watch a lot of crap and read a lot of crap, but but I am here alone with my thoughts a lot. And I'm realizing, like, you know, what I put into my brain uh, and my body has a lot to do with, with you know, how I feel and, and what I'm thinking about, where I'm at personally, physically, spiritually. And, and uh so, and that's always a struggle because I'm always drawn to the stuff that doesn't, you know, that gives me a short-term high, <laughs> but long-term is not good for me. Sure. Um, and, and on all, on all levels. So, um, but I'm, I'm, uh, I haven't watched a ton of TV. Um, that's good. I think, honestly, I, that's a good thing. I think. Well, it's, you know, it's, I've been busy as hell. Like, like yeah. it's, I, it, it's, it's blown my mind. Uh, but you know, I guess that's what happens. You, you lose your income and you're like, okay, well I better get to work. <laughs> Coasting. I always bitch about how, you know, how hard I was working all this traveling and stuff. And it's, it's true. The, the traveling was hard, but it also prevented from me from like sitting down and doing consistent work. Cause I'm always moving and now there's no excuse. And so I, I have like a normal schedule. I get up early in the morning and, and I just work all day and, and, uh, it's kind of refreshing, but it's, it's, uh, and, and I have, you know, 20 plus years of being in the music business to, to make up for, so, you know, there's no, I don't think anybody's crying me a pity party of, for, I've had a pretty relaxed life. Um, but now it's like, like I, I really had to get serious and, and, uh, 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 get down to it to, you know, to make sure that, that we pay the bills and, and, and that we can navigate this whole new world that we're living in for however long it lasts and, and beyond hopefully yeah absolutely well look i mean you made a whole record right like jesus i think about the people who when they when not that it's going to be a specific day and time where they're like oh pandemic's over but you know when the moment happens everyone there's going to be some people that come out and go i didn't get anything done this whole time you'd be like what you had like how many months you didn't get anything done this is crazy uh but i can also understand i guess the flip side to the mental state of people and depression. I've read some uh, horrific stats about suicide and mental health during this time. And honestly, the, the stats are quite disturbing. Uh, so I can relate to that too, with people not being able to handle uh, a lot of the stress, right? Financial, whatever, all of it. That On every level. Yeah. yeah. If you're, you know, if you're single or if you're married and you hate your spouse and you don't realize it until... <laughs> Until you're stuck there. with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, again, I feel very blessed in a lot of ways. Um, um, but yeah, it's, it's a, a tough thing. And then, you know, and creatively too, I, I talked to a lot of songwriters and, and, and artists of all types. And, you know, some people have channeled this into, into a lot of creative stuff. Uh, but most people I talk to are just like, they can't do anything with it. It's, it's, uh, their mind is so occupied with the fear and anxiety of, of all those things, you know, is sure. my family okay? How am I doing financially? Where, where am I at physically? Where am I at mentally? 
you know, what's going on in politics, what's going on socially, what's going on with the pandemic that, uh, I'll, you know, my first thought was oh, all this creative stuff is everybody's gonna be at home just writing millions of songs and painting paintings and writing plays and movies. <laughs> and, and I'm sure there will be some stuff coming out of it like that. But, uh, but for the most part, what I'm hearing and experiencing to some degree is it's kind of hard to, you got to get out of that distracted, afraid headspace. And that's not easy to do when you're, you know, when your life is literally kind of uh, up in the air. And I guess it, yeah. our lives are always up in the air, but this has really flipped things up and down, upside down for a lot of people. And um, uh, so my creative outlets have been more learning new stuff and figuring out new things um, and less of the getting into the emotional or headspace of another person or of myself even to write yeah. a, song um that's just been not easy for me to get into that to that that place so i'm just trying to stay busy with other things no i get it a hundred percent yeah absolutely well i'm glad you were able to uh you know take some of that energy and do something with it yeah i i i'm completely uh i mean i have friends that across the spectrum right i know people that are handling it well in fact i have people telling me I'm doing great actually, like better than I've ever done, you know, whatever new opportunity come, and they're just almost embarrassed or feel guilty to even say that because yeah. right. Other people are not. And other people I talk to, you know, their business is struggling. Again, I got a lot of friends that are in this, in the restaurant industry. So it's not easy for, it's not easy for anybody in the restaurant. And there's nobody in the restaurant industry like, yeah, we're, cr you know, even if their sales are up, they're still dealing with a lot of Right. There's just other stuff that's happening. Maybe the sales are up, but the cost is up too. Right. So it's not yeah. really evening out. Um, so yeah. And uncertainty. That exactly. It takes, it, there's, there's a constant weight. So it may not be any yeah. one dramatic thing, yeah. but it's just, there's, there's a constant presence of unease and uncertainty. And, uh, and that's what I find. It's like, it's just hard to relax. Yeah. I'm at home. Maybe I don't have anything to do that day still can't relax because the whole world feels like, you know, it could just fall apart at any moment. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's a strange thing. You know, it's psychologically, it's a weird thing. It's, I still can't get my head around it. Um, I'm just trying to be aware of it and, and, and remind myself that, you know, okay, there's a reason why I'm feeling this anxiety or this weird energy level. And I need to not ignore it. Um, but kind of try and take care of myself in whatever ways I can. Well, to be honest with you, man, and I've told other, you know, artists that are putting music out, you, you know, you, you guys putting music out and doing your stuff helps a lot of people, man. It really does. Music gets people through a lot. I, it's, it's, I does. Music is just so helpful to so many people in so many ways. And whether artists know it or not all the time, I'm sure they know it to an extent. Music can save people's. I mean, I hate to say that, but it can save people's lives. It literally can. A song can change your attitude about a day of this or that you heard. So what you're doing is it is important. It is powerful, and it does help people. Man, it, it really does. Well, thank you, and uh, and I agree with you in the, the the general sense that that you know, putting stuff out into the world, uh, you know, you never know who it's going to hit or how it's going to yeah. land. It's going to affect them. And I know, I know from receiving those things from people, um, uh, what a huge difference a word can make, a lyric can make, um, a gesture can make. And again, that's been one of the things for me is, is, uh, getting to play these shows every week. Um, it's it's incredible for me on a bunch of different levels but one thing that's really cool is uh, like i send postcards out to everybody anybody that tips me i, I send them a postcard if, wow. if their address is on paypal or whatever and um and what i gotten back is you know being able to communicate with people uh, and they just leave me these messages and they're they're letting me know um how much these shows mean to them um, and they may not be my biggest fans or whatever, but for them, it's, it's a place to congregate and a way to like, just take their mind off things for once a week. And I never viewed my stuff that way. Um, I mean, I viewed individual songs as maybe being therapeutic. I am, I viewed shows as being a good time or a certain kind of experience, but I never viewed it as, as being, um, 
this respite from a crazy world. And, and that just makes me feel, uh, it's so humbling to have all these people just reach out and say, man, what you're doing means a lot. And, and, uh, at this time, and that's like, I knew that was out there in some vague way, but now I'm, you know, communicating with people directly and it's, it's just overwhelming, um, to have that many people kind of tell you that and, and yeah. it makes me feel differently about what I do and, and treat it. I think I respect it and value it more. Um, oh, wow. Knowing what it means to people in a way that, that I didn't before. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Well, that's why people love you so much, man, because you take it seriously, right? You take, you take it seriously, what they're telling you and, and you know, it's, it's why it happens, right? You can't play music without people listening to it. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, when I was, when I could play shows, I, I used to say it every time I said, I would do this whether anybody was here or not. Um, <laughs> because I love to play, to play music, but it's a whole lot more fun when people are there. And, uh, um, it's a whole lot more fun when people are there. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And uh and now, you know, there's there's not people physically in the room, but knowing that they're out there, yeah. Um means the world, knowing there's people watching you and and I mean, I'm uh I do feel that energy and I am I do feel connected to people even though I can't see them. It's like That's just awesome. like knowing that they're receiving what I'm putting out makes me feel like there's some connection there and and, you know, in times like these, it, it really, you need that connection. Let me ask you this. Um, do you think moving forward, you know, okay, the show start, you're, you're touring again, you're, you're sort of back in the game. Do you think you'll keep some of this Zoom, you know, live show or try to build it in? Maybe obviously not, not to the extent you do it now, but still keep it a part of what you do moving forward, even after all this. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, it's been a really eye-opening thing for me um uh it's it's i just feel like one it's allowing me to work from home and then two it's you creatively i can do things that i can't do on the road um and that uh i'm just in total control of my environment and what i put out there um it's different it's um i don't know what's better or worse but I, i i know that i value it and appreciate it and even if things went back to normal tomorrow, I would still want this to be a part of my uh, career in some way and part of my, my life. Um, and so this, and then I do a thing called Patreon, um, which uh, is a platform where uh, people can support creators. Everything. Like yeah. Every, yeah. There's yeah. probably shifts on there. There's songwriters, there's uh, musicians, there's, there's photographers, there's artists, there's journalists, writers. Yeah bloggers um and you just sort of it's like a subscription service and and these people get exclusive exclusive content for you know um uh what whatever you're doing in exchange for their support and i've been doing it for years before the pandemic happened but when it when it hit i really doubled down on it and now that's another thing that i'm just like that's a part of my life now is is that these these people um these patrons uh, they keep me afloat and, and in exchange I, I'm I, I I treat them as a really important part of of my life because they are and and um uh so it's just it's just fun. It's it's made me feel more connected to my fans and it's also given me a way to a, a place to channel my energies um so I can create and there's an audience there for it. Um and I That's don't awesome. have to worry about a publicist or a radio promoter or record company. I just can make stuff here and I give it to them and they seem to be grateful for it. And I get a blast. I have a blast doing it and get a kick out of doing it. And, uh, it's just a really cool reciprocal relationship. And, uh, um, and then I get to be a patron for other people too, other artists. Yeah. That I like. And yeah. so it's really, it's really, uh, uh, cool. And not unlike how most artists were supported for most of time. You know, the, the idea that you could just be a touring musician wasn't really a thing until, you know, this century or, you know, last century. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, at first I thought this is, seems odd. And um, then I think about it historically and, and you know, I've got uh, uh, a lot of Medici's out there. 
<laughs> I love that. Well, it's direct support, right? You can, you know, your money's going directly to that person and that's it. Like yeah. they get, you know what I mean? It's direct support. Yeah. I mean, you it's buy awesome. a record and, and chances are, you know, none of that money is going to the artist or very yeah. little of it. Um, yeah. But you go, uh, you know, and you go to a show and it's still, it's going to the artist and, and it helps. But, uh, and, and I'm not telling people don't buy records. It all helps. <laughs> but there's a difference in, in spending 15 bucks on a CD uh, and, and directly giving somebody $15. it's the new way man it's it's definitely the new way um i just feel like it's the new way to artists to support themselves and for fans to support the artist uh that they love i think it's they do it with podcasts like crazy right there's a lot of podcasts that that have that and and i get it it's great i love the additional content you know that can be provided and you kind of feel like you're in in the loop in the secret of things which is great right you get this exclusive stuff which is awesome what what you know for for your patreon members uh, do you have anything cool that's coming up in the next couple months or something they can look forward to when they're listening to this interview oh yeah i mean I, well I, I have a schedule uh i haven't shared with them because i don't want to i don't want them to hold me to it if i miss a day but, <laughs> uh, but every every month uh, I put out a new song. I record a new song, and they're the only people that get to hear it. And yesterday, I re- every, on the first of every month, I released. So I released that, so they can expect that every month. And then I do twice a month. I do this thing called uh, "What's Hayes Going On About," where I pick one of my songs, <laughs> uh, and sometimes I'll let them vote um, to which song they want to hear, and and I'll just talk about it. I'll tell the story behind it, how it got written, what the lyrics mean, who I wrote it with, or you know, anything interesting about it. And I just tend to get long winded as you can probably tell just from this interview. Um, and so I can talk for a long time about my songs and, uh, um, and then I've got memorabilia Mondays and I'll take, you know, some item from my career that I think has an interesting story that they might, you know, if I went on TV and talked about it, maybe people wouldn't care, but, but the people that are, are interested in my career or followed it or want to know more about it, I, I think they find it pretty interesting. And um, uh, so just stuff like that. Uh, yeah. uh, and, then I, and then I have a concert exclusively for the patrons once a month. Oh, wow. So different things. So for like a buck a month, they can get all of that. And then there's, you know, just different tiers of things all the way up to the, I've got a, a I think it's like a $30,000 or $15,000 a month level, uh, which no one has done holy cow up there and the whole idea is uh <laughs> you remember how wu-tang clan made a record and only you know uh where martin Skrilling or whatever Skrilly, yeah that that uh pill guy right i know who you're talking yeah, about yeah the idiot um, he bought but, it uh, yeah that idiot bought he that bought record. it um uh but the idea is like who knows maybe there's somebody out there I'll, if you if you contribute x amount i'll make a record and you're the only you know that's you crazy get- that's pretty cool damn you might hey some people have a lot of money you know there's things like it's all relative again but you know sometimes what what is a lot of money for me is pocket change for you know sure you're you're a billionaire it literally is is i uh, get it you don't think twice about it so i thought i'd put it out there you know who knows maybe one of those people exists and is a fan it's just looking for a way to give hayes carl a bunch of money great Hey, it's a great idea. If somebody goes for it, they go for it. If they don't, you know, it's not like you lose fifteen thousand dollars. All right, it's not like you're not. Yeah, you're not going to lose money, and it's not like you're not going to put out new music uh, because of it. So, no, I love that. Well, now listening, okay, I got, I got an idea for your fans here. Okay, fans, so you're listening. Get together, start emailing. Let's get this fifteen G's together, and y'all can get an album. Fifty people, (laughs) I'll throw in whatever, however much money that is. 300 yeah. bucks, 300 bucks, 50 people, 300 bucks. Right. Is that right? Is that my math is, is uh, I think three, it would be 3000 people at, at five bucks, three, 300. Yeah, you're right. 300 people at 50 bucks. Yeah. Or gonna, like yes, you said, yes. 3000 at, at five. Hey, I, that, okay. that would be too many. That'd be too many uh, cooks in the kitchen there. 3000 uh, input of, I want this song. I want that song. Yeah, 300 is the sweet spot when you're yeah. trying to pick <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Man, that's such a great idea. It really is a, a, a great idea, man. Um, 
Well, look, we have a, a few minutes. Uh, Hayes, why don't you just tell everyone just real quickly the website address, like your social media too, like how people follow you, whatever your handles are and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, cool. It's uh, HayesCarl.com, H-A-Y-E-S-C-A-R-L-L.com. And that, that extra L throws people. Um, <laughs> and then all the socials are just Hayes Carl. So uh, uh, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and uh, Twitter. Um, those, those. I think that's it. Are you TikToking uh, yet? You're not TikToking yet. No, I downloaded it. <laughs> my my ex-manager brought me a, a how-to video, and uh, <laughs> but no, I'm you know I'm barely keeping up with. Just I just refreshed my MySpace the other day, so I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly cutting <laughs> edge. <laughs> I've seen the TikToks; they seem fun, but I just for I, sure I'm really slow. I'm turning into an old man. So me I, too, I, man. I, I talked to my teenager. I was like, do there you, you have TikTok? He said, no. I was like, all right, I don't need it. It's my oh, well, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, it's too many. There's too many social media. I don't know what's going. on. I mean, we didn't grow up with it, right? So it's like, it's hard to. It's hard. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook's enough for me uh, to be on. Even Twitter's just too much for me to be. On. I'm on there, but I don't know how to tweet. I don't know what's going on, man. I, I don't know. I always feel I'm always. I, I mean, I'm not alone in this, especially for for anybody who's trying to promote themselves or needs to use those platforms to promote themselves. Um, uh, but it just feel some people are natural at it and some people make it look easy. I, I, yeah. I always struggle feeling, you know, I'm, I'm a somewhat private person who's also an extrovert. I'm that, that weird mix of um, insecure and overly confident and uh, <laughs> um, and so, you know, there's days where I'm just like, oh, whatever comes to my mind is great. And I'll throw it out there and blah, blah, blah. And then there's some days where it's like, I don't want the world to see me. And, and I certainly don't want to pretend that everything's great and, and feel the need to do that. And I also don't want to have a discussion with 50,000 people um, <laughs> about it. So it's this weird pressure where, there's, where it's like, you know, you can put out, there's been times where I put stuff out and, you know, ended up ended up changing my life, and and I needed. Uh, so I I, start, I I think about what I'm putting out there. Um, and well, that's smart. That's, that's something I wish I just didn't have to do. I'd rather just be able to see a person, talk to a person, oh, and man. that be the extent of of that interaction. <laughs> but Boy, it is what man. it is, and I yeah. think there's a few people that can navigate it successfully without being on there. But um, but you know, it's 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 where we are as a society, and you, you got to use those tools to. Yeah, to stay out there. Uh, at least I f feel like I do most of the time. I mean, they thought the TV was the devil, right? They thought photography was the devil. They thought it took your soul, right? So it's fine, right? It's it just comes with it. We're just being old men. I mean, that's how I, I know I am. I'm I'm the get off my front porch uh, stage of my life right now, and that's fine. I'm fine with it. Honestly, I love doing the podcast. I love the actual things, not the necessary. Hey, check out my thing. If that makes sense, right? I like the thing to do so i love doing the podcast but yeah, yeah. I, i'm not very good at promoting it out i'm glad there's a whole team behind this that handles all that because uh you know i, I this is yeah. this is what i love right here so hey, I, yeah yes i totally feel you and and when you can just focus on that that thing that you love and that you do it's all great yeah hundred um, yeah. percent. you know when you have to uh, handle other parts of it less savory parts that's when it gets a little <laughs> icky and 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 weird. I just feel out of my comfort zone, really. That's all it is. It's just, um, you know, you just put yourself out there in a, in a weird way. And it's not, here's a song I believe in and you can like it or not like it. It's here's a, here's, I'm going to try and be funny today. And I'm, <laughs> okay, well, then if you fall flat, like I, I don't feel as good about that as yeah. if you don't like my song, because that's not, you know, I'm not a comedian or I'm not a publicist. I'm, I'm a songwriter. And yeah, my job description has expanded with time. Now I'm a, now I'm an engineer and a recording <laughs> artist and a, and a publicist and a social media Renaissance guy. man. That's, oh yeah, that's it. That's it. Pandemic. I love that. <laughs> hey, that's that's what we got out of it. Well, I love that man. That's awesome. Well, look, Hayes, man, I've I've had just the most amazing. Uh, uh, time talking with you man it's just really been an absolute pr pleasure uh brother I, re I really really do mean that um you know, i appreciate you taking the time 
I know you got, you know, stuff going, but I definitely appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and, um, you know, just go over everything you're going through, man. I really, really appreciate it. So, um, yeah, just wish your family, you guys, you know, the new record, it's out. Go buy it, download it, tell your friends, get a T-shirt for this Feed the Lines. I'm going to get one. That's the just the most phenomenal idea. Absolutely love that. Definitely something to get behind. And, hey, let's get people behind Patreon, baby. There you hey, go. Carl. Let's do it. So, again, hey, thank, thank you so man. much. It's nice to talk to you and, and uh, get to connect with you. And, and uh, um, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. Uh, again, my best to you guys. And, um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day, brother. We'll talk soon. All right. Adios. All right. Adios. The Lone Star Plate Podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time. (laughs) 